Lord, you are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. I love what the word of the Lord tells us, that when we are faithless, he remains faithful. Our faith is in his faithfulness. Our trust is in his trustworthiness. Tonight, I don't know what you're facing or going through, but I want you to lift your needs before the Lord. We're going to believe God tonight that he's going to touch every need. I want us to continue to pray for little Francisco Lopez. I still cannot find what's wrong with this two-year-old child, and we need he needs a miracle. If you would, pray for, for my niece, Chelsea. Uh, she had a miscarriage about two months ago. She's still having complications. Talk to my sister today. If you would, remember her in your prayers. I know there's many others in this house right now. If you have a need, just lift it before the Lord. Just raise your hands before God and surrender. Father, we surrender these needs before you. Lord, we surrender to your faithfulness. We surrender to your mercy. We surrender, Lord God, to your grace. And Lord, we know that we have hope, Lord, in you. Father, I pray, Lord God, that Lord Francisco right now, Lord God, that every, Lord God, every obstacle that's come against this child, every spirit that seeks to destroy him, in the name of Jesus, we render them helpless. We bind those spirits. We pray for healing upon him. We pray, Lord, that you will give him a miracle, Lord God. Raise him up, Father. We ask tonight, Lord God, that you will touch Chelsea's body, Lord. Lord, I pray that you will make her every bit whole. I ask in the name of the Lord that physically, emotionally, Lord God, she would begin to feel the touch of your hand. Lord, bring a deliverance to her. Father, every person in this building today that senses your spirit, Lord God, that is longing, Lord, for a Lord for intervention from you, I pray, Father, that right now you would begin to move in a mighty way and bring healing, Father, in Jesus, Jesus' name. And all of God's people said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. Let's give our worship team and our media team, let's give these guys some love. Amen. Great job. Great job. Appreciate you being here tonight. I want you to take your Bibles with me, if you will, and go over to Genesis 17. Genesis 17. And I, I don't know how much I'll read out of Romans 4, but we'll be making a few references there potentially uh, as we move forward. Uh, next week, starting Monday, you notice there's been some work on our parking lot already. Uh, they did some cutting. They're going to tear everything out on Monday and uh, put it all back through the week. So, means uh, Monday through Saturday, the parking lot will be closed. Please be in prayer. Last week when they were scheduled to do it, the saw broke, couldn't get concrete, the weather wasn't helping. So, let's pray. Just pray in agreement with me. Everything will go well, and they'll get this work uh, uh, complete, and we can move on to other projects. Empty nesters next Saturday, June the 11th, uh, 5 p.m. There's gonna, they're going to be bowling across the highway at Shenanigans. Uh, Savvy Sisterhood, our ministry to single mothers, will be at the Adcock home. That will be on Sunday, June the 12th. And then on June the 14th, uh, we'll be hosting again the North Texas Food Bank. And so point those that are in need our direction that would benefit from those uh, resources. Also, there's some groceries left over from uh, the outreach today. If anyone has need or knows someone in need, uh, Cheryl will meet you next door right after service. Let's look here in Genesis 17. We're going to continue uh, where we left off somewhat or in the series that we left off with confession and the importance of confession and 
I thought I had two messages tonight, but I, I, after seeking the Lord, I've just kind of put those all together uh, because I can't talk about one without talking about the other. And how many knows you can take a good ingredient and add it to another ingredient? And As for me, behold, my covenant is with you. You shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall you call your, shall be called by the name Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. The Lord is interested in generations and nations. But see, the Lord is not just interested in you. See, he, the Lord was interested in my father, but my father wasn't interested. Lord, he wants to see them blessed and saved. Some of you are crying out tonight for your kids. Some of you are crying out for your grandkids. Don't stop crying out to God and believing the Lord for your descendants. Before my children were born, they were met with prayers. Before their children were born, they were met with prayers. And before that generation and the next generation is born, there's already prayers waiting on them, already anticipating their arrival already ready to welcome them into the world because God is interested in descendants he wants to bless not just you but he sees you through the lens of generations so as we see here in the word here is Abraham he starts out as Abram the Lord told him 25 years when he called him out he, he, he told him he was going to bless him. Bless him as the stars and the heavens and the sands upon the shore. And everyone that blesses you, I'm going to bless. And everybody that curses you, I'm going to curse. That's a pretty good endorsement, isn't it? Especially in the land and the world in which he lived. But caught my attention in this as well is he said, you're going to be a father to many nations. Father to many nations. Now I've looked at that, and I, I have seen, we're going to get to confession in a minute, but as I looked at that father of many nations, I, I've looked at that through a lens of, of Abraham and Sarah, and then after Sarah was gone, and then we got Hagar, so we got two sons there. After Sarah dies, he goes, and with the concubine of Sarah, he has six more sons. So there are eight sons that came out of Abraham, that became nations as the sand of the seashore shall be your descendants. But see, what Paul refers to in Romans 4, he said, you're going to be the father of many, many nations. Many nations. See, we fall under that canopy of the stars of the heaven, the spiritual offspring of the covenant people the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's the will of God that, his, that, that the message of the Lord Jesus be spread, the good news, uh, not just in one generation, uh, but in multiple generations. I love what Andrea shared uh, just before I preached on Sunday morning, uh, how that we have been called as Americans uh, in the nation of America to be intercessors. That's our role. Notice there in verse 6, he said, I'm going to make you exceedingly fruitful. He said, I, I'm going to cause you to be fruitful in the storehouse. and the I'm, You're going to be fruitful, Abraham. Is Israel will become the womb, as we've been talking about on Sunday, that will bring forth the birth of the promised son, which would be Jesus. But notice there he said, kings are going to come out, which tells me when you have a king, you have authority. So the out 
Oh, you may only be a sojourner traveling around in tents, but you ultimately and your descendants are going to own the land in which you're walking in. Now, here's what the Lord spoke to Abraham. He said, you're Abram, which means exalted father. He said, but you're not going to be, you're going to, not going to introduce yourself anymore as the, continued to introduce himself as Abram. Name is Abraham. My friends call me Abram. What's your name? My name's Abram. What does Abram mean? I'm an exalted father. See, they were the only two that had the conversation. They were the only two that were there. The Lord said, I'm going to make my covenant with you, Abram. So I say to you, how important is confession? How important is confession? See, it, it is important what God says to you, about you. It is important as to what God says about you. But what's more important is what you believe than you receive about what things through Christ. See, the only way we know is going to be two. And whatever fruit I enjoy, that's what I'm going to eat the most. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. My tongue has the power to kill. Now, it may not physically kill somebody, but I can speak. Pastor Angel, come on. You can speak curses over individuals, can you not? You can speak curses over your children unbeknownst, or unbeknownst to you. You can, you, can, you can speak things over those who are in authority over you. And you can, you can destroy and kill their joy, their hope, their victory, their peace, their rest. We can walk into your home and you can tear that spouse down to nothing with your words. Or you can choose to lift them up in the presence of God. And you can choose to speak life over them. You can choose to to speak life over your kids, your grandkids, and your descendants. You can profess my faith. My body is healed. My mind is at rest. My heart is overflowing with joy. You have been given that covenant with God. Now, the covenant he made with Abraham is the very covenant that would pass on from generation to generation. See, they were just the, they were the covenant holders. But one day there was going to come forth a seed. His name is Jesus. But I, I, I see in the word of the Lord that this righteousness that you ever notice how that when you, when you buy a new car that you don't think anybody's got one until you buy that car and now everybody's got one. We went out car shopping a couple of years ago and, and <clears throat> we were looking for I don't know what we're looking for. Uh, something that my six foot four son could get into without scrunching down and folding up. You know what I'm saying? Elijah and Andrew know what I'm talking about because they're baby boys, six, five, six. I don't know. But you, you know what I'm saying? Poor Tevin trying to fold him up and stuff him in the back of a, uh, of a four seater uh, Sonata. <laughs> We, we pass that Sonata on to Jacob, and I get in the thing, and I, f I have to forget that he's already got in there. If I ever have to drive it, I sit down, and I throw my back out because he's got the seat all the way back in the trunk. <laughs> I'm making a short story long, but stay with me, okay? So we go out looking uh, for a vehicle, and 
she decides that, hey, I think what we need, uh, I've looked at these, uh, we need a Volkswagen Atlas. And I thought, oh, I never heard of a Volkswagen Atlas. So we go and look at it, and sure enough, it was nice, and the back seat was, was roomy, and it's got a third-row seat, and, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a nice car, so we ended up with that. And I thought, man, this is great. I've never heard of this, and nobody else is driving this. And I pulled through town, and I probably picked out 10 the first day. <laughs> never even noticed that car before. Well, see, there's something that's happened in me, and you're probably picking up on it, because there's something in the Word of the Lord that's just so captured my attention. It, it, it's really called such a craving on the inside of me. I, I think about it all day, every day. I, I pray about it. I look at it. I'm reading about it. I find it in the Scriptures, and every time I see it, I thought, oh, my Lord, I didn't know it was there. I didn't know it. I didn't see it in that light. And that's the righteousness of God. I'm telling you, I believe that is an, that is an ingredient uh, that is uh, the very crux of the matter. Because within righteousness, uh, we find security. Within righteousness, we find acceptance. Uh, within righteousness, uh, we find joy. Uh, within righteousness, we find peace. Uh, now you're, you're thinking uh, right now your worldly religious definition of righteousness is what you wear and how you act. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the true righteousness in the Word of God, which is being God-approved. And what does that mean? Being God-accepted. And what does that mean? And the beautiful literal definition, uh, in the, in one of the beautiful definitions uh, of the righteousness in the Word of God is I am as I ought to be. That's a strong concordance. If you don't know what it is, I'll tell you after service. But that's a literal meaning what righteousness is. Now, you ever wrestle with a thought with the Lord? I've been wrestling today. I've been, I've been wrestling with the Lord. I, I was in prayer today, and the Lord, this question came to me. Is righteousness nature or nurture? Nature or nurture? Well, my immediate thought was, it's, it's Lord, it's nature. And he said, well, you're half right. It's nature and nurture. Now, by nature, how many dog lovers we have here? You've got a dog in, in the house. You've got, you got fleas and all that nasty stuff. No, I'm just kidding. You don't have flower beds, do you? <laughs> My wife's pets are flowers, so you can't have a puppy in flower bed, too. It just it, it didn't work. But... Not that we don't, we, we like animals. Animals are great and they have their place and in somebody else's yard and whatever, you know. Uh, my daughter Lainey had a cat. How many cat people we have here? And why are you cat people so, or you dog people so against cats? Come on. But anyway, she, she had a cat and the thing was like a Garfield and it, it, you didn't, it was like in control. I was like, Lainey, your cat is not in control of the house. You're in control of the cat. Come on. Uh, Cooper was just, he was, a, he was a tyrant. I'd reach down and pet him, and he would scratch me, and I'd slap the living dog out of him. I'm telling you. I'm sorry, cat lovers. <laughs> if your dog bites me, I'm going to hit him too, okay? All right, back on track. But see, a dog acts like a dog. Why? Because of nature. Every dog I've ever known greets another dog by looking not at their face but at their tail. <laughs> How, why they do that? It's a natural thing that they do. I don't know. Maybe they want to know what they ate for supper. I have no idea why they greet each other that way. 
I am getting way off the road here. I'm going to try to pull that. I heard, I felt the knobbies on the side, but I, I didn't turn. I didn't turn. Maybe a better example is, you know, you throw something in front of a dog to eat, and he's going to, if it's meat or something, he's going to gobble it down. Why does he do that? He's a dog. Why do they scratch themselves? Because they're dogs. That's what dogs do. They are, by nature, they're, they're doing what they're supposed to do just like an eagle in the sky flies why because it's in them to fly why does a lion roar in the jungle because they've got something inside of them that rises up that wants to roar to let the prey and all the other animals know they are there they do what they do by nature so when we accept Christ as Lord and Savior what does he we're not only have imputation or imputed righteousness where we are called righteousness but he also imparts righteousness he puts righteousness in us and now how many of you know that your children to be healthy they need to grow they our littlest one now is eight months and she wants to catch up with her two and three-year-old sister she's already crawling she can say a few words she was standing up she's she's nearly eight months old and she's reaching trying to trying to move and her eyes are always focused on her sisters she wants to get in the big middle of them now see she what is she doing she's growing one day she's not going to be nursed anymore she's gonna start eating solid food She's not just going to start eating solid food. Uh, she's going to start eating her own food. You put it in front of her, and she's going to eat it. But if she continues in progression, what's going to happen one day? One day she's going to cook her own food. Uh, she, uh, uh, she's going to have her own house, and she's going to have her own children. Uh, but see, righteousness is by nature. But it also, the behavior of righteousness has to be nurtured. So it's not nature or nurture. It is nature and nurture. See, our righteousness is what I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm asking the Lord God to nurture righteousness in me so that I can understand what it means to be right before you so that I can walk in confession and I can walk in a reality of the rights of the kingdom of God. Now, as much as possible if my children call if I'm in a meet I, I try to I will pause that meeting and I will take that call now with someone else even though I love them and concerned about them and maybe an acquaintance or a friend if I'm in a meeting I will I will have to defer their call why why do my children take precedence over my friends are those around me it's because they have the right to call dad anytime anywhere anyhow for any reason because I'm dad I, this is mom and they have a direct line and access they can walk into my office anytime in any any manner they can come on in 
Why? Because they're my children, and they hold a right because of the relationship. See, I want to know how to access my father. I want to know him. I want to know the rights of a son, not so that I can elevate myself, so that I can be more about my father's business, so that when I speak, you can hear the father's voice, so that when you see me, you see the father, so that when you hear what the father says to you, you might rise up and realize Realize you don't have to live that way anymore. Amen. Get up. See, there's got to be a confession. Andrea, would you would you pull up that first slide that uh, that I ask you? Righteousness. Now, I, I found the little scales today online, and I kind of tweaked it for myself. But see, what is the goal? The goal is righteousness. And what is righteousness? Divine acceptance. God approval. God approved. I am as I ought to be. That's, that's the goal, wouldn't you say? Now, on the, on the right side, we, we have Jesus. How many have ever seen these little fundraiser things? Where you, you go and you color them in and you start raising the money and it starts going up and going up and you're, you're reaching for the goal? But I, I'm concerned that too many in the body of Christ are living their Christian walk this way. They're, you got Jesus on the right, that's the example. But you feel this overwhelming sense of indebtedness. And you're trying to fill your, your side up with your work. You're, you're trying to offset. You're trying to, you're trying to reach the goal of righteousness through morality, through works, through through your goodness. Isn't it awful when you start to compare yourself to someone else? Well, I do it better than them. Well, I don't do it quite as good as them. I know more scripture than they do. I don't know as much as them. I'm, I, I, I'm bad, but I ain't as bad as them. <laughs> but I'm much worse off than them. See, that's where our self-imputed righteousness gets us to. And, and I venture to guess that our, our tank of righteousness through works, it kind of goes up and it kind of goes down. It has to go up and down and down and up and down and down. And it usually gets down to the very bottom where we feel that we're just empty, that we realize that, hey, work ain't going to get it done. I, I can't work uh, hard enough. There's not enough hours in the day. I couldn't be good enough. And then we start reading scriptures like, uh, if righteousness came by the works of the law, then Jesus died in vain. If I could be righteous, if I could be approved and accepted, and I have the stamp of God approved on my life, if I could do it with my own morality, if my morality created righteousness, then why in the world did Jesus come and die? This is one way to be miserable. And unfortunately, those in the kingdom of God can come into the, to the house of the Lord and receive a message of salvation, and then they think it's just a license just to get to work, to maintain that right standing. Some of you are looking at me like, preacher, what are you saying? What, 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 are, we, what are we saying? What's the answer? 
Oh, so glad you asked. Let's look at the next slide. Oh, can you see that? Righteousness, being right, is the goal. So we take away the, 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 the scale of, of the works, and now is Jesus in me and me and Jesus. We're in the same side. We're on the same side. In fact, I don't see any work going on right there. All I see is what Abraham found is he stopped calling himself Abram. I'm not exalted, Father, all about me. I am Abraham. i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to impute righteousness upon you because of faith, not because you work for it. It's because you believe. The work was already done from the foundation of the earth. And now you, as I look at you, son, you are righteous. Now that's going to mess some of you up. It's going to totally annihilate all of the self-boasting. Come on now. Now it's going to be like, wait a minute, I can't brag to my friends of how good I am. I, I can't tell them how wonderful I have done. But let me tell you what you can do and what you should do is not tell them what you've done. Start telling them what Christ has done in you. Start declaring that I am righteous. And it's not you don't have to look at me, look beyond me, because beyond me is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I don't call myself a sinner anymore because I died with Christ. I am now risen, and I'm at the right hand of the Father, and I am seated in the beloved. The righteousness of God. And what I need to do is understand that I have been given a new nature. I don't want the old world. I don't want the old things. Those things have died. To when I went into the, the baptismal tank as a representative of my salvation, which we will have a water baptism Sunday. It is a portrait of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. And when he died, I died with him. But oh, praise be to God. When he rose, I rose with him. And now when I tell people, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Passage that kind of hold on me. I kind of brought these two together. Seek first. Help me now. The kingdom of God. Wait, 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 wait. Slow down. Let's say it together. I preach a lot about seek first the kingdom and the, the priorities of the first things. and Seeking God first. That's wonderful. We should. We should prioritize. My wife's definition of priority is the, it's the first thing you do. But on the flip side of that, priority is not just the first thing that you do, it's the last thing you give up. I mean, it's, it's priority. It's not, it's not I'll, I'll be there if I can. It is, I, I won't miss unless I absolutely have to. You know what I'm saying? I'm preaching to the choir tonight. Some of you are thinking, what's a choir? It's when a bunch of people get up there together and they sing and... There's lead singers and people behind. There's, you know, we got to redefine things because there's there's a whole generation growing up don't know these things anymore. Him know what is that? No, she's trailing on me somewhere. But see, seek first the kingdom 
of God in all your righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God. So I'm, I'm working hard to go after God. Seek first the kingdom of God. And we, look at, we looked at the slide and work really, really hard and you're going to measure up to his righteousness. No. No. Seek first the kingdom of God. All his righteousness. And all the worrisome things that cause such anxiety and stress. What am I going to put on? What am I going to wear? How is this going to these ends meet? Wait a minute. They've already been met. Wait a minute. It's already been fulfilled. Wait a minute. You're telling me that I don't have to live another day in dread and fear and anxiety anymore. That's exactly what I'm telling you. When you begin to nurture the real righteousness of God and understand that you're growing in the rights as a son of God and that you are called as as a descendant and an heir and the blessing of Abraham is upon you and your children and your children's children can rise up and walk in authority and own the land that they're living in. Amen. Depression plagued my family, but God gave me a revelation. Son, that bloodline starts and ends at the grave. You can cross over. That old man is dead, and you have crossed over. Though your father committed suicide, you do not have to walk with company and fellowship with the spirit of suicide. Though the medications have tried to tame and coax and help the depression of your mother, you don't need the medications, my son. You can walk in the authority I have given you as a son. I'm not preaching against medications. But I am preaching for you. There is an authority that resides because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And a thousand will fall by any one of our sides. It'll fall by your side. If God meant for one to be free, he means for all of us to be free. I'm not telling you to alter anything until you make that decision between you and the Lord. Don't be pressured into that right now. That's not what I'm saying. I just lived in a house. And peels upon peels upon peels. She was just observation of a law. My Lord Jesus, the word of the Lord tells us that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness, peace, and joy. How many of you want joy? If you don't, I'll take your portion. I have no problem with that. It's kind of like cheesecake to me. If you ain't going to eat it, I'll take care of it. Amen? But let me tell you, you can't have joy without peace. Amen. Amen. I've never seen a nervous cat full of joy. <laughs> I've never seen anybody living in fear, hiding and hoping that nobody finds out who they are and what they've done. And 
you know, the heart has a need to confess, and they don't want to get in somebody's presence too long because they know they're about to confess. <laughs> so there's a, lot of, there's a lot of hiding and fear because lies are feeding that fear, and there's no peace in that fear. But you can't have joy without peace, and you can't have peace, church, without righteousness. The kingdom of God is in righteousness, peace, and joy. I want you to do an exercise as soon as you poke a hole in the spirit of offense if I've offended you. Go ahead and just forgive me because you're going to have to either today or tomorrow or sometime. Okay? Just go and punch a hole in the fence and get over it. Well, I'm even more offended now. Well... Good night. Get two pins out. <laughs> Shoot that thing with a shotgun. <laughs> listen to me. More importantly, listen to the word. You start confessing that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You start confessing it. And every time that fear tries to come in, depression tries to come in, that is a thief and a liar. And it's there to a, it's there, it comes in acting like your friend, acting like it wants to snuggle up and know everything. Oh, come on, honey, tell me all about it. Tell me your woes and your trouble. Oh, look how sorry they are. Look at that preacher. He don't know nothing. He's wearing a Hawaiian shirt and he he didn't even bring his lay. He, he He's so far out. Look at him. Look at him. White tennis shoes. You can't listen to somebody who wears white tennis shoes and preach. Come on. He's a buffoon. Come on. You can't listen to that. Let, come on. I'll talk to you. I'll keep your company. And the whole time it just leading them over into a cage and stuffing you in there, slamming the door, sitting beside you the whole time. Don't worry about them bars. They are all in prison out there. You're free. You're free. But, but see, when you're looking from the inside of the prison, it looks like everybody's in bondage. When you're the one in bondage. See, so don't cuddle up to offense. Because offense will take you so down the rabbit hole, you'll find yourself trapped. But go to the Word and profess the Word with belief. See, Abraham and God had a conversation. And we know that conversation existed because he told somebody or it wouldn't be written down. And he told him, my name, uh, you're, you're Abram. No, I'm not. It's on your birth certificate. I don't care. It, you, your name is Abram. That's what your mama called you. That's what your daddy called you. That, that's your name. No, my name is not Abram. It might have been Abram, but it's Abraham now. If you're going to talk to me, I won't even answer to Abram anymore. I don't even know an Abram. Abram is gone. You're talking to Abraham now. What you don't have, what you say you have, but I have it by faith and by faith it'll re I'll be received you'll see the manifestation of it uh, because I'm gonna confess it because I believe it you just pray for me the Lord knows I need it but let me say to you I want us to know who we are in Jesus 
I want us to know that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. And I want us to know that we are people who will walk in peace and we will walk in joy because we know we are, we are by nature righteous because God has imparted that nature to us and he's not only imparted that nature to us, we now are going to walk in it, we're now going to talk in it, we're now going to communicate by it, and now we're going to look through that lens of righteousness and when the enemy rears his head, you're going to look at him and say, no, you're not going to do that anymore because I have a right as a son because I'm an inheritor from the almighty God and he said no but see when the Lord found me in my sin sick condition he looked ahead in time he saw my children my children's children when the Lord sees you He's looked ahead in time and he sees your children and your children's children. When's the best time just to start surrendering to God and his righteousness? Right now. Right now. Right this moment. Father, we glorify your name. Father, we glorify your name. Bring that, bring that last picture up there the goal's already been met <laughs> we're out doing fundraisers of works trying to fill this thing up and it's already full this only thing it's missing is me the, the righteous requirements of the law are fulfilled. So all I need to do is get in with Jesus. And the goal's done. Man, that just liberates me. I don't know about you. That just changes everything. It alters everything. That is where God wants us to live, in Christ, in Christ, in fellowship with him. Stand, if you will. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we glorify your name. Able and mighty, holy and wonderful God. Lord, I pray tonight, Lord God, for peace, for joy. But Lord, most of all, I pray for the revelation of righteousness. I pray for the revelation of of righteousness I, I, I used to hear people say you don't need to do anything else it's already done and I would be struggling in myself saying you don't know who I am and you don't know what I'm going through 
And I would argue with them, and I didn't have the understanding that they had. I didn't, I didn't know what they were talking about. But when people would tell me that Jesus Christ is enough and he has done everything need to be done, I, I, I didn't have a comprehension of that. But I'm saying to you tonight, I'm not belittling your circumstance nor your struggle, and I know that it is real. There's no doubt that it is real. God knows that it is real. But now the Father has had his arms outstretched and saying to you, you are complete complete in my son Jesus you are complete in him all I'm asking you to do is step over here into him and let him alter your situation entirely and tonight if you need prayer before we take our missions offering if you need prayer tonight I want to invite you down here I'm going to lay hands upon you and I'm going to pray the lies of the enemy off you and the joy and the peace of God within you. Because I believe that the Lord had you in mind. When he died upon the cross, he saw you and every future generation that will come forth out of you. And I, when he saw you, he didn't see you depressed. He didn't see you oppressed. He didn't see you bound. He didn't see you that way, but he saw you in the eyes of Jesus. Come on. Come on, there's some others. Worship team, make your way up tonight. You 